live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon, Acadiana, and wherever you may be because of our reach and uh, all the possibilities that you have to listen to us. It is great to be with you on this Tuesday, March 22nd, the year 2022. Of course, dangerous storms threaten Acadiana today. The National Weather Service in Lake Charles reports winds may reach 60 miles per hour or more. So Acadia Parish, Evangeline Parish, Iberia Parish, Lafayette Parish, Parish, St. Landry, St. Martin, and Vermilion Parish, just um, be advised. Um, unnecessary travel, not recommended. Just if you can stay put, stay put and uh, keep it locked in right here on the game. 1037 in Lafayette, 1041 in Lake Charles. My main man, James Mesh, back in the game Uh Master Studios, he is spinning the tunes and pushing all the buttons right there at the Control Center, which is on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. And we're thrilled to be on 1041 Lake Charles as well. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Channel. The wind is picking up where I am. It is um, it is eerie, eerie, eerie outside. So again, if you don't need to just stay put there's nothing no reason to get out tuesdays are always brought to you by Shoprite tobacco plus discount outlets there are 60 of them in southern and central louisiana at Shoprite, the mission is very simple serving the community and making sure that each and every customer leaves a Shoprite tobacco plus discount outlet with a smile on their face. Whether your needs are fresh food, fuel, top shelf wines or spirits, or just how about a quick pit stop? ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets look forward to serving you in their spacious stores that are filled with Louisiana products, with their modern restrooms that are clean, pristinely clean, and comfortable, and delicious food always, always fresh. And always fast. You know what I say every day? If you can't shop right at ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets, you just can't shop right at all. Very uh, heavy basketball-oriented day today. Um, beginning with the end of quite a remarkable season for... LSU, Kim Mulkey, and the women's basketball team. They fell behind. I was there in attendance. I, I took my daughter to it. Oh, a little over 8,000 people there. The, the lower bowl and the, the middle section were filled to the rims. There were some empty upper-level sessions, the 300 level, as they say, in the P. Maravich Assembly Center. Um, Tigers lose 79-64. 
if Ohio State's a sixth seed, I'm a monkey's uncle because there's no way. They're, they're too good of a basketball team to be seated number six. Co-champions of the Big Ten. No way. They're a much, much, much better team. Um, down by about eight at the half. Uh, the third quarter was just too much. Uh, they shot the ball exceptionally well, did Ohio State. Their backcourt was just incredible. We'll deal with this a little bit more uh, down the road. Uh, but here's Kim Mulkey. After a team that only won nine games a year ago, a team that won had a 14-game win streak this season that finished off the year at 26-6. and six. They get to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Here's Kim Mulkey talking about the season in total. I personally judge good coaches based on the talent they have on that floor and are they overachieving. Did we beat some people this year we should not have beaten? You bet we did. We beat a lot of them. We beat ranked teams. We didn't start this baby ranked. We came from nowhere and just built it. Um, one of my most enjoyable years, obviously, because I won. we were winning and we've won, but it's enjoyable because you can see the impact that one program can have on an entire university. You can see it. And I think all of us in this room saw the impact and it was done in one year. Now, let me tell all of you right here, we lose five seniors. Experience matters. When we tie those shoes up next year, it's going to take a while. We may not have this record. Oh, my God, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. We're going to be playing freshmen and sophomores. They got to grow. There's an old thing. It's like, don't win too early, coach. They'll expect it next year. No, follow me. I've been doing it a long time. I was blessed to have inherited experience. We don't have that next year. We can get in the transfer portal and we will, but we're gonna build this program with high school seniors as well. And those high school seniors are gonna be McDonald's All-Americans. They're gonna be the best in the country that we can get in here. There you go. Um, Kayla Porner playing her final home game was tremendous. She was a one-man show with 32 points. She had to shoot it all the time because she get, really didn't get much help. Uh, Jalen Cherry had 12 points. Um, Alexis Morris never recovered after the knee injury. And the bigs for LSU were just... They were just pathetic. They just they just couldn't do a thing. Too many missed free throws. Ohio State was the better team, and they advanced to the Sweet 16 with a 79-64 win over LSU. In attendance at the game, making a very um, uh, understated appearance, was new head basketball coach Matt McMahon. Um 43-year-old native from Tennessee who just left Murray State after having a 154-67 record over the last seven seasons and most recently 30-2 for the Racers, earning a number seven seed in the NCAA tournament. For an Ohio Valley Conference team to earn a number seven seed, that says an awful, awful lot. They got eliminated by this year's Super Cinderella, 15th seed at St. Peter's who – 
knocked off number two, Kentucky, and then number seven, Murray State. I introduced myself. We talked for a minute. And you know how you get first impressions? Wow. What a the first thing he said to me was, Jordy, I am it is so nice to meet you. And I am honored and humbled to be your coach. And I went, well, look, we're all here for you. Whatever we can do to be of help to you, uh, we will do so. He was very kind, very generous, um, very, very humble in his way. And I just got the feeling you could see it. You could feel it. He's got a fire in his belly. And I think Scott Woodward did it again. This wasn't the splashy hire of Kim Mulkey or Brian Kelly. It wasn't. But it was for what LSU had to do and what LSU could do. This is what it is. This is what they could do. So the contract is a seven-year deal that includes added job security if the program receives sanctions from the NCAA in its ongoing infractions case. And you know that's going to happen. Uh, so McMahon hired on Monday and the brass tax, uh, you know, we won't know the final ruling from the NCAA for months. Murray uh, McMahon will earn $20.3 million in base salary and supplemental compensation over the course of the seven-year agreement, an average of $2.9 million annually that makes him LSU's second highest paid coach on a per year basis behind football coach Brian Kelly. So McMahon's compensation starts at 2.6 million before incentives in his first season. His salary then increases incrementally until it reaches 3.2 million during the seventh year of the agreement. So he's going to make 2.9 to start. Uh, Will Wade had a $2.5 million per year contract uh, when he signed a six-year, $15 million deal back in March of 2017. I just think this guy's going to be terrific. Look, it, it's quite uh, – I, I met his wife, three children. He was earning um, $500,000 at Murray State, he's going to be earning $2.9 million now. There's a reason a coach would leave something of that nature to come to something of the unknown. Money always, always talks. Always. He can receive 50000 for winning the SEC title, 50000 for every round. LSU advances in the NCAA tournament and 100000 if the team captures a national championship. Um, so he's got that, some car deals. He's got all kinds of stuff. So he, he is in very, very good shape. And I think he will do a tremendous job. However, um, it's it's quite apparent that he's going to have to try and get a ball club because another Tiger commitment has decommitted. Five-star center Johan Traore 
decommitted from LSU today. The number 15 recruit, number four center in the 2022 class. Um, he had committed to LSU. He was recruited by Gonzaga and UCLA and Auburn. He, he picked LSU. So Traore is the third five-star recruit and the fourth prospect to decommit from LSU in the last two weeks. So they have they have no recruiting class now for the April signing date. Priority number one for Matt McMahon is to try to convince current players on his team to stick around, and then he's going to have to hit the transfer portal, and maybe he can re-recruit Johan Traore and Julian Phillips and um, people like that and Devin Ree. Five-star class of 2023 point guard Marvell Allen decommitted from LSU on Saturday. So they've lost everybody, as you would expect. But we're going to find out more and more about Matt McMahon coming up. Um, John Wright at 2.30-ish covered uh, Murray State um, and uh, has known Coach McMahon for a long time. We'll find out some of of the nuances behind the new hire um you know will wade came in with a big grandiose press conference he did it in the lsu union there was a lot of pop and circumstance this is more of a of a low-key type of thing um i'm not saying either one is the right way or the wrong way it's just different i think they made this hire quickly i think they wanted to put the chapter of will wade behind them they wanted to show the ncaa look this is what we've done this is who we've got and we are going to stay in line from here on out so we shall see. So um, first off, Adam Spencer will join us here after this first time out. All the SEC vacancies have been filled. We'll rank each and every one of them. Uh, we'll also talk about Arkansas, the only SEC team still dancing in March Madness. John Wright, again, will talk about um, Coach McMahon. He covered him uh, when he was at Murray State. Hour number two, Bob Rose will join us. We'll talk about the Saints, Jameis Winston. Um, he wasn't first in line, but now he's first in line. And the Saints said, we like you, Jameis, but we love Deshaun Watson. They didn't get their first love. Now they've settled for Jameis Winston. How does this work? How does this get all resolved? And who's coming to help him? They got to get him some help, some targets to work with. So that's coming up in hour number two. All right. Uh, we are brought to you again by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. This is the Jordy Helpert Show. We'll talk SEC hoops, tournament hoops, and more with Adam Spencer when we return after this timeout on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Stick around. They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the Blonde Bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
And we're back at uh, 19 minutes after the hour. Great to be with you. Um, We appreciate that. It's time to talk some hoops. We're down to the Sweet 16, and the men's tournament gets underway Thursday with a 6.09 tip. Fourth-seeded Arkansas versus number one-seeded Gonzaga, the lone SEC remainder in the dance. Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South, kind enough to join us. Adam, how you been, my friend? What's going on? Hey, I've been doing great. Uh, just recharging the batteries a little bit here and gearing up yeah. for another uh, busy weekend of basketball. All right. Before we get to the, the Sweet 16, there were six SEC basketball head coaching openings not very long ago, and all six have been filled. Mike White left Florida, went to Georgia. Todd Golden is now the Gators coach. Chris Jans, soon as he was knocked out of the uh, NCAA tournament, he signs with Mississippi State. Dennis Gates goes to Missouri. Lamont Paris goes to South Carolina. And, of course, LSU gets Matt McMahon. Uh, from Murray State. Um, your thoughts on Matt leaving uh, the OVC and coming to LSU? Yeah, I mean, I think he has a tough job ahead of him. Uh, you know, the the cloud of NCAA sanctions looms large. Uh, they now have lost every recruit that they had coming in, which, again, is not McMahon's fault. That's uh, right. the fault of, you know, Will Wade and that uh, NCAA investigation that, uh, you know, I wish would move a little faster. It's only punishing the kids who are going to be in that program to not know by now. This has been going on for years now. So just to just make a ruling and let's figure out what the punishment is and let's get on with it. But uh, yeah, I think McMahon has a tough job, but I think he's a good guy to lead the program through that. I mean, you know, he, he built Murray state into a perennial uh, OVC contender with some, uh, and he had some success in the NCAA tournament, his overall records two and three. So that's pretty good for a for a mid major coach in a one big one big lead usually. Um, so right. yeah, I think that I think that uh, if if you if, if he gets some time and it seems like he does, I like that his contract has a automatic kick in for an extra year if they get a two year or more postseason ban or multiple scholarship losses mm-hmm. for three plus years. So uh, yeah, I think LSU handled this. Well, and I think uh, McMahon's going to do a good job uh, leading this program out from under this these sanctions and into the future. Okay, I'm always I always try to be fair and I always try to be practical about things. And I, yes, LSU is going to get sanctions, but here's what I would recommend: if, if the NCAA asked me, I say, okay, um, you admonish the coaches that were involved, you put show cause and all that kind of stuff on it. Um, you don't penalize the players. You let them have a postseason opportunity, but the university will not receive any money from the NCAA for appearing in the tournament. And as far as they advance, they get no money from it. And you also fine the school uh, hit them in the pocketbook for these infractions. And you put that uh, probationary cause, but you don't, you don't punish the kids um, from being able to play and have that, that joy of advancing into a tournament. Does that, does that make any sense? Is that fair? I mean, it's better than the current system where they wait five years and then punish the school and the players when nobody's even around for Right. From the from when the sanctions happened, so yeah, I mean, I think that uh, there's some 
like these are just the conversations that the NCAA needs to have because there's better ways to do this stuff. They're just burying their heads in the sand and just sticking to their old ways and then reacting as everybody forces them to change. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that there's a better way to do this, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what how long it even takes for the NCAA to make a ruling on LSU. It could still be another couple of years, as crazy yeah. as that sounds. Yeah. Yep. Um, of all the coaching hires, um, there there wasn't the big splash like uh, Kim Mulkey leaving Baylor to come to LSU. But um, wh- which one do you like the most out of all those that I just mentioned? I love Todd Golden to Florida. I was I've been banging the drum for Todd Golden as Mizzou's next head coach since like February. So okay. I. I really, really wanted him. It sounds like Mizzou was in talks with him and then Florida came in, and I don't blame him for picking Florida over Missouri. Uh, you know, Florida was the best job on the market this year from the SEC, so, you know, no no fault to him for taking Florida. So I was really excited. Uh, you know, I've liked what he's done with San Francisco's offense. San Francisco was a really fun uh, offensive team to watch. I think that he's a very innovative coach. He gets it. He understands that. Things change rapidly in college basketball these days. So I think he's going to do great at Florida. I think he's going to be hanging a Final Four banner within the next three or four years. All right. All right. Well, we will see what happens there. All right. We're down to the uh, Sweet 16. There'll be four games on Thursday. Then there'll be four games on Friday. I wish they would spread them out and do like they like they did in the opening rounds. But you got one starts at 609. You got another starts at 629. Let's spread them out. Let's watch eight hours of hoops. Why don't they do that, Adam? Well, it's all about those primetime ratings, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I wish they would, too. Um, I really do. And, uh, yeah, the, the fact that they just do do it the way that they do it is uh, is weird. I think it's to build up, the, you know, the other CBS properties and, uh, you know, get, get streams on, uh, you know, th- that's why there's no reason for true TV to be a thing during the first weekend of the tournament. But they do it because uh, – because they want to build their brand, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's frustrating for fans. Yep, I found it. I found True TV and watched. All right, the opener, <laughs> Arkansas versus Gonzaga. Uh, the SEC is getting uh, punished because six teams in, only one team left. That's the Hogs, and they've got to take on Gonzaga. That's going to be a uh, a tough task, to say the least. Yeah, um, and I do think, though, that, uh, you know, that the Hogs can keep it close. You know, this defense has been keeping them in games all year. They seem, especially in the tournament, to play everybody close, uh, at least for, you know, 30 to 35 minutes. And so I, I think that Arkansas keeps this closer than a lot of people think. But I just, you know, the, the two guys that, that Gonzaga has in the post, Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren, you know, Arkansas is just, they're a one post guy. You know, they only have Jalen Williams down there. He's the only one that makes significant contributions to them in the post. And, you know, so do you put him on Chet Holmgren or do you put him on Drew Timmy? Either way, like you can probably take out one of those guys or negate their impact, but then you have the other one that's still there and they don't have anybody to match up with them. So I I do think that this is a, this is a tough matchup for the hogs. Um, and, you know, but they've been in tough situations before and have found ways to win. So, you know, we'll see if they have any of that magic left. 
Uh, Adam Spencer, Saturday down south. We're talking NCAA tournament. If you did, you could, uh, I can clean your slate, all right? And you get to start a very new bracket today. Who do you have in the final four now? Based upon what Um, you've seen. Yeah, I mean, I still have Arizona and Gonzaga that I had in the final four. Um, so I, and I haven't seen anything to dissuade me of that. Um, I, I think UCLA is uh, another team that just looks really good. I mean, Jaime Jaquez, he's dealing with an ankle injury and he didn't practice right. today. So if he can't go, then uh, that's a really tough matchup with, uh, with North Carolina that they have. But if he, if he is healthy and can play at nearly a hundred percent, then I think, I think UCLA is the is the final four team out of that other that that corner of the bracket, and then I've got Miami. You know, I'll never pick Kansas, um, but I've got Miami coming out of that regional. There, uh, I, I they impressed me with that win over over Auburn. You know, they have their five guys that they rely really heavily on. They hardly ever go to the bench, um, but the, that four guard lineup, man. I mean, they they can they can. Nickel and dime you in a lot of different ways. So, uh, you know, I think that that, that this Jim Laranega team has some magic to it. And, uh, you know, we'll see if we'll see if they can keep it going. I like them a lot. Um, I like Purdue. I don't I'm tell they got a little bit of everything. Um, Shooters. They got the go to guy in Ivy. They got that monster in the middle. Uh, But I like I like it's going to. There's a there's a bunch of teams that can make it to the final four. There's no question about that. And you you can book it. Duke's gonna get to the Elite Eight because um they're gonna get every call. Because they do. They get every call. They don't want Coach K to get out of this tournament soon. They want him in the final four. You know that. Yeah, I just think that uh that Gonzaga's gonna be waiting there and uh every call or not, I think uh, I think Mark Steve's <laughs> bunch takes it to Coach K. So we'll see. I'll be at those games in San Francisco. You know, awesome. I, so it'll be I'm I'm really pumped to to see that. I think that that's the best remaining uh that's the best remaining region that we have left. All all four oh. top seeds, one one and four and two and three and yeah. it's shaping up to be a heck of a weekend in San Francisco, that's for sure. Oh man, that's awesome. That's one of my favorite cities going joy, um, uh, safe travels and all that stuff, man. Thank you so much. Uh, greatly appreciate it. So, so chalk, other than, uh, Miami, we basically have chalk in the Adam Spencer, um, final four now. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that that's, uh, this is the time of the tournament when the chalk starts to Starts to rise to the top. You know, we're yeah. going to – I don't mind your pick of Purdue. I think Purdue and UCLA are going to be battling it out for that for that last well, that spot. And, uh, you know, UCLA plays some depend- defense, so I like them. A lot will depend on that UCLA Bruin and his uh, his ankle injury or whatever it is because uh, they, they rely on him a lot. So hopefully he'll be as close to full speed as possible because you want to see everybody at full strength and, and may the best teams win. Adam, thank you, man. Enjoy San Fran, man. Enjoy it. Oh, I will. Thanks for having me, Jordy. You're the best. Adam Spencer, Saturday Down South. All right, college basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yeah, it's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037 
seven game. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. So if they win, you win. With promo code 1037GAME this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. We'll get to know Matt McMahon a little bit more. The man that covered him for many years after this timeout on the Jordy Holbrook Show. On the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Jordy Holberg was draining three pointers with ease way before Steph Curry came on the scene or was even born. Now, back to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. And we welcome you back at 36 minutes after the hour. Uh, again, be careful as you're out and about. If you don't have to be out and about, just stay home. Um, all kind of advisories out there. The weather's turning nasty. Just just be safe, okay? Be smart. Be safe. LSU hopes they were smart. And they uh, in their hiring of Matt McMahon as their new head basketball coach. I met him last night at the women's game. Very nice man. Very humble. Um, I, I, I really, first and impression I, I loved him uh, but I wanted to find out more and so I said let me look up some things and uh, John Wright is uh, is the man at uh, the Murray Ledger in Murray Kentucky home of the Murray State Racers and John um, was kind enough to agree to come on and talk about the ex-coach who is now our current coach John thank you so much for your time man how's everything going well, other than it raining up here right now, everything's going great. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. You, you've gotten to see and you've got, gotten to watch and you've gotten to listen to Matt McMahon for a while now. Uh, if I asked you to describe him for us, what would you say? How would you do that? One word, humble. Yes. He is incredible. He, incredible, he, he does not want to give credit, uh, get credit for him. He always gives it to his other other people around him. Um, I'm doing a column, as a matter of fact, right now for the paper tomorrow, and mm-hmm. it's, it's ironic that we're talking like this. I think the essence of this guy was exhibited in about mm, the half hour after they won the OVC tournament up in Evansville. Okay. Um, there was one of the nets was still left up on on one of the baskets, and it had not been dealt with at all, and. Uh, that there are a bunch of uh, little kids that were hanging around. I think it was the coaches' kids, and maybe some people that Matt and Mary may have known here in Murray. And okay. Matt took control of the situation. He said, "Okay, all I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to make sure all of you get your piece, get your piece of net. And I'm going to cut it down, and they'll handle it later." This is 30 minutes after one of the most gr- brutal. Uh, intense games imaginable. <laughs> and he's thinking about those kids first. He takes the takes the net off, twirls it around like he does, does his woo thing. <laughs> the, the guy is just, he cares so much about other people. Wow. 
Oh, and I'm right. putting that in the column, and I hope he, I hope he and Mary get to see that tomorrow. You know, a lot of people when you know when they get attached to a university and they they go for another job, it's kind of like that. It's like you being left at the altar. How are Murray State fans reacting to this? Because it happened in the blink of an eye. It really did. Uh, I don't. I don't think some people really have come to grips with it yet. Honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. There, there, there have been some. I think it's a very small handful of people who are saying, "Well, how dare him?" Yeah. The majority, yeah. the majority, vast majority, I think, are absolutely thrilled that he's getting this chance because, first of all, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Everyone's known him around here for eleven years. Uh, many of their families know their know Mary and Matt and their kids. A lot of them they do so many things together with school other stuff. Uh, I, I think this town is really, really happy for Matt. Awesome. That's awesome. John Wright, uh, kind enough to join us uh, to talk about uh, Matt McMahon. Let's get down to the basketball aspect of things. Uh, describe Matt as a coach. We know he's a great person and a very humble person and a family-oriented person, but when, when, when you step between those white lines, let's talk about the coach how would you describe him there? He absolutely does not want to be underprepared. Um, one of the biggest things with Murray State during his time, and I wasn't there, of course, behind the scenes, but he would talk about film study. He, he would talk about the, the players watching film 40 minutes before the game mm. in, in their locker room. I, I you played under Dale Brown. Did y'all have TVs in your in your locker room back then, bud? <laughs> no, 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 no. Did you no. see yourself watching film forty minutes before never. a ball game? We, we well, never watched one bit did. of tape ever, ever. It's a Do different what? world. It's a totally different world. Yeah, but he he was all about practice being more important than the game. Um, okay. He and his assistants would go over information on other teams i mean they were they were trying to look at st peter's it didn't work out too well but they were looking at them a week before uh they were looking at kentucky a week before they were looking at san francisco many weeks before because it was looking like they had a good chance of playing them i mean the guy does not want to be caught with any surprises if he can help it all right so he's a firm believer on on the on the court he's a he's a motivator he gets okay. the best out of out of his players. I hear Dick Vitale say a lot. The great coaches are the ones that get the maximum out of their players. Matt McMahon did that at Murray State. Wow, man. Um, okay, let, let's let's talk X's and O's. What was his? Let, let's talk about his offensive philosophy. What uh, what did you discern from that? He's capable of doing anything. That is required. If a defense is uh, packing it in, they're going to try. They're going to find a way to. They're going to find a way to score other ways uh, with medium range jump shots. Uh, if if they want to run, they'll run you out of the gym. Um, okay. They were one of the they were one of the highest scoring teams in in the nation. Mm-hmm. And defensively, uh, very 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 strong about offensive rebounding. Uh, DJ mm-hmm. Burns. Uh, a Southern University product who came up our way, and we are very glad to have him. Yeah, I call him the coin collector because 
on his first night here, we're talking in the uh, press room. DJ said, offensive rebounding. That's how I get paid. Those are my coin. I've nicknamed <laughs> him the coin collector. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt just, but he preached effort and intensity and making sure that everyone got their assignments right. And for most of the year, until things went wrong in Indianapolis with St. Peter's, that's exactly what they did. John Wright, um, the Murray Ledger, kind enough to, to join us. Defensively, is he man zoned? Does he press? Does he do a combination of things? Combination. Uh, didn't do a whole lot of full-court pressing this year. Even though I think he had a team that he could have done that with, I think he was trying to <laughs> – let's, let's admit it, basketball is a very high-energy sport, and you can wear out yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Um, he is very, very, very uh, much into the idea of tough defense, man-to-man. I rarely saw them go zone once upon a time. Maybe they would. Maybe they would do a half-court trap every now and then, but their main thing was tight man-to-man. All right. Very good. Um, were you surprised he left for LSU knowing that there will be some type of sanctions as to what degree and to what length? Who knows when that will be uh, revealed by the NCAA? But um, got a seven-year contract. Uh, instead of making $500,000, he's going to start off at $2.9 million. That's, that's a pretty good reason to, to pack your bags and go, I would think. It is. Uh, I'm, I'm just incredibly thrilled for he and his family. Uh, they, they deserve this chance. They really do. And um, i got to admit, before everything broke yesterday, I was thinking, LSU, man, I don't know if he wants to do this or not. Because mm-hmm. because of the sanctions getting ready to happen. That doesn't seem like a, the most ideal situation to me, but... When he told me at the airport yesterday that, or he told me and some other media folks at our airport here outside Murray, mm-hmm. to the extent that think that the situation does not does not concern him at all, I felt a lot better about the deal and really, really felt like they were going into into a good situation. Well. Here's hoping he's uh, he, he, recruiting, obviously. He, I mean, with his record, he obviously can go get players. And everybody says, well, oh, it's the Ohio Valley. Well, he's playing against his peers who are also in the Ohio Valley, and he's kicking their butt left and right. Uh, <laughs> who's, you know, who, When he gets to a Power 5 school, he'll compete against those Power 5 schools, and he'll go get the players that are necessary for that, I think. I absolutely agree. I don't think recruiting is going to be a problem for him. In fact, I think he thrives on it. Um, after all, he brought John, he brought John Morant to Murray, didn't he? I mean, yep. no one saw that coming, and my gosh, look what happened. How much fun was that? Well, here's the interesting part. You're talking to someone who was not part of all this in 2019. Okay. Uh, I spent ten and a half years with, with a, a community a little bit from here and doing mostly high school stuff. Okay. And then I went into news for 20 years. Uh. I returned to sports in August. This is my first, this is my first soiree in a long time. (laughs) But you watched, you observed, you knew it, you knew, um, 
So you think LSU hit a home run here? I do. I, I, I think they've got a real good one. And I see Matt being down there for quite a long time. Uh, I think he's going to he's gonna get them to where they need to go, and uh, who knows? Maybe Murray State will be going to an NCAA tournament and LSU will show up in the same building and we can have a big, big old reunion. <laughs> That's awesome. John, I can't thank you enough. Um, uh, like I said, I met him last night, and that's the first thing I got. Uh, is, as you described him with that one word of humble, I got the same feeling, but I could sense it in his look um, that he was uh, ready to roll, and I, I think he's going to be fine. Do you think he will bring the majority of his assistants along with him, or do you think he has a big enough uh, reach to maybe go in uh, – in another direction? That's a big question. Uh, obviously, Casey and Tim, his main assistants here, are going to be candidates for the job. Yeah. Uh, because they're very familiar with the program, and that would be the easiest way to do it. Now, I don't know what Casey and Tim are thinking. I haven't had a chance to talk to them. But um, either one of them would be very good here. Uh, but I could also see them going to Louisiana with, with Matt because they've been together for so long. So I'm not really sure how that's going to shake out right now. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's more than fair. John, I can't thank you enough for hopping on I um, uh, and responding to my email as quickly as you did. I really do appreciate it, and thank you so much. We're excited. I mean, uh, our athletic director has been busy. New, new football coach, new baseball coach, and two new basketball coaches like Lickety split. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> he sure and, did. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what uh, what Matt can do. So thank you so much, man, and uh, good luck to you guys up there. All right. God bless you guys, and uh, go Tigers. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Well, we got to get John down because uh, the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, wants to give you a chance to score the Ultimate Crawfish Boil, brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot and a burner, ice chest, tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astros game. So sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the Ultimate Crawfish Boil from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. We'll come back with some final thoughts to wrap up our number one, and we'll set the stage for our number two. Thanks so much for dialing us up, the Jordy Heltberg Show, on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, West Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
And we are back 54 minutes after the hour. We've got a little hangout fest. Yeah, the music festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores. And the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score a VIP pass by becoming a member of the Games Reward Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of the hangout music fest with Post Malone, Halsey, Megan the Stallion, and much, much more. Many, many others. That's Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in Gulf Shores. When VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's a great venue. Be a lot of fun. Just go register. Get in the game, man. Get in the game. Uh, Pelican fans no longer have to show proof of vaccination or negative tests at the Smoothie King Center. That's been uh, done and uh, handled and and gone. Right now, the Pels lost last night to Charlotte. The Lakers behind a a vintage LeBron James performance um, won last night in Cleveland. I think LeBron had 38 uh, and another triple-double. So the Lakers jumped New Orleans for the number nine seed with that win. They now lead the Pelicans by one in the loss column with two head-to-head matchups remaining. Now the Pels um, trail the Lakers by one. They have those two remaining, March 27th, April the 1st, which will determine the tiebreaker. The Pelicans have a two-loss lead over the number 11 Spurs with two head-to-head matchups left with them. All right, our number one's in the books. Our number two straight ahead, Bob Rose, will join us. Another, um, we'll talk all about the Saints. We'll talk about quarterbacks. We'll talk about the league. It's all coming your way. Our number two, the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Come on back. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby! We're going to be here all day! Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party! Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. It's our number two of two, and away we go on what could be a uh, nasty day. So please be safe if you're out and about. And if you don't have to be out and about, just stay home. Winds are picking up. Rain's on the way. Going to get a little nasty just to hang in there. All kinds of advisories and what weather watches for all parishes around Acadiana and our listening area. Um, so just be careful. Be safe. Be smart. James Mesh back in the master control suite in the game studios, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. We are brought to you each and every Tuesday by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. A simple mission statement. Hey, we want we want to serve you and we want to see you leave ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets with a smile on your face. And whether your needs are fresh food, fuel, top shelf wines or spirits, just a quick pit stop maybe. 
Um, ShopRite Tobacco Plus looks forward to serving you with spacious stores filled with Louisiana products, modern restrooms that are clean and comfortable, and delicious food that's always fresh and always fast. You can get awesome deals at locations uh, if you're a Buku Rewards customer. You get to save in the store. You also get to save at the pump. A new Buku Rewards program is here. Um, Yeah, along with all the current daily deals, expanding our club where you can continue to save money. Plus, ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets has added a fuel rewards program where you can earn a significant fuel fill-up discount just through your store purchases. In addition, if you join our new Gator Gas program, you can earn additional cents off per gallon on every fuel purchase. And with the cost of gasoline right now, holy cow. Go to ShopRiteLA.com. S-H-O-P-R-I-T-E-L-A.com. Learn more about the new Buku Rewards program. It's going to save you money at the pump. It's going to save you money in the store. It's just going to save you, period. So if you can't shop right at ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets, you just can't shop right at all. Uh, Headlines of the day, the LSU women's basketball program ended their season last night. Um, They were never really in it. Ohio State just played a whale of a basketball game. Um, They beat LSU 79-64 in front of about 8,100 fans. Uh, Ohio State was a a six seed. You got to be kidding me. No way. No stinking way. Much better. Much should have been seated much higher than that. They were really, really good. Two dynamic guards. They shot the ball extremely well from downtown. LSU, all they had was Caleb Porter. Nobody else. The bigs just had a just had a bad game. They were out-rebounded. They were taller than Ohio State. They got out-rebounded by the Buckeyes. Um, It just, it wasn't good. LSU finishes out 26 and 6. 26 and 6. So, a remarkable turnaround. Um, She built Baylor in 21 years into a national powerhouse um, with three national titles. Uh, But she's back home. And as Ohio State coach Kevin McGuff said best after the game, quote, I can only imagine with Kim continuing to build this program what this place, the Pete Maravich Assembly Center, is going to be like. They lose five seniors. um, And it's going to be tough to replace them. No ifs, ands, buts, or maybes about it, but – you got to do it. You got to recruit. And she has, and she will continue. She got to hit the transfer portal. She will, and she'll get some really good players and uh, they'll be just fine. The men's basketball program. We'll have to see what happens there. But as I said earlier, and if you missed our, um, First hour of our segment, we talked with John Wright, who covered um, Matt McMahon for Murray State um, as part of the Murray Ledger, the local paper in Murray, Kentucky. Uh, when asked, how would you describe Matt McMahon? He said, humble. And that's the exact impression I got of him last night when we talked. And we talked briefly. I didn't, I'm not going to stretch the imagination and say we had a 15-minute conversation. But no, we had a very short, brief welcome 
um, welcome to Baton Rouge type of conversation. They said to me, Jordy, I'm honored. I'm honored to be here. Um, and man, you could just tell that it, it was uh, it was the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Very impressed with Matt, his wife, Mary, their three children. Um, and I think he's going to be fine. I, I really think he's going to be fine. He's going to get, as I said earlier, in case you missed it, um, a seven year contract. That's what that's what LSU needed to do. A seven year contract um, for a total value of about twenty point three million in base salary. It's an average of two point nine million annually. Will Wade was uh, making two point five million. 2.5 million. It'll start off at 2.6 million this year and will increase e- incrementally until it reaches 3.2 million during the seventh year of the agreement. Um, he will also uh, receive a little bit more if they get the penalties that everybody thinks they're going to get from the NCAA. He'll get another year added on to it uh, with all the other perks and all the amendments that if you get it to the, you know, you win the SEC championship, you get this bonus. If you get, you know, every win in the NCAA tournament, you get this bonus, this bonus, this bonus. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, and I really, I really mean this. I don't think it's fair for the NCAA to penalize the players. By that, I mean put the program on probation with no postseason play. That's not fair to the kids. How you, how you penalize LSU is simple in my book. One, Coach Wade and Coach Armstrong, who were you know, the focal point of this investigation, they need to be sanctioned and sanctioned pretty heavily, which I think will, will happen regardless. I think you hit LSU in the pocketbook. I think you find the university for their lack of institutional control. You don't, you don't punish the players by banning them from postseason play. I don't think that's fair. But what you can do is if they get in postseason play, LSU does not receive any money from the NCAA tournament. We know with every win, the university gets money from the NCAA. And the further you go, the more money you collect. Well, if LSU gets into the tournament, they get zero money. Even if they win the whole thing, they get zip. I think that's how you got to do it. I don't think it's fair to penalize the student athlete particularly since none of them was around receiving any of these purported um, strong rear-end offers. And that's just my opinion. Uh, the NCAA won't listen to me, but I think that's the way it needs to go because already LSU has lost another commitment, as expected. Johan Traore, the five-star center from Glendale, Arizona, was expected to officially join the LSU program when the spring signing period begins on April 13th. Well, today, um, he decommitted from LSU. This is a big 6'10", 225-pounder who chose LSU over Auburn, Gonzaga, 
UCLA, among others, the number 15th overall prospect nationally on the 247 Sports Composite listing, fourth among centers in this year's class. So, so he decommitted. Now LSU has lost its entire 22 recruiting class in a little more than a week. Plus, they lost their only prospect in the 2023 class in five-star combo guard Marvell Allen. Doesn't mean they may not come back. Matt McMahon, I'm sure, will reach out to Traore and Julian Phillips and Devin Ree. Phillips and Ree both signed with LSU in November. They asked for and received their release from the school, which is the fair thing to do and the right thing to do. Maybe they'll see what this coach has to offer, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, they'll um, change their mind again and commit to LSU. We'll see. But that's the biggest thing. Who Who is Coach McMahon going to bring on his staff? How many are going to come with him from Murray State? Uh, what happens to somebody like a Tasman Mitchell? Do you keep that local kid around um, with the ties in the high school ranks around here? Probably so. Probably so. We'll see. We shall see what happens along those lines. Um but very impressive was Matt McMahon. Very, very, very impressive. Uh, the Saints have hitched their wagon to Jameis Winston, for better or for worse. Um, he wasn't as you know. He wasn't their first choice by any stretch of the imagination, but he is their choice now after missing out on Deshaun Watson. So. For better or worse, Jameis Winston and the Saints must make this marriage work. We'll talk all about the Saints. We'll talk all about the NFL for our Tuesday edition of the Black and Gold Report. Bob Rose of the Saints News Network will join us after this timeout on the Jordy Heltberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, by the way, we're also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Radio, TV, streaming, here, there, everywhere. We'll be right back. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 22, 1958, Kentucky defeats Seattle 84-72 in the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship game. Future Hall of Fame small forward and Seattle star Elgin Baylor is named as the tournament's most outstanding player. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, 17 minutes after the hour. Again, please be aware of your surroundings. Please be aware of the circumstances and the weather. And if you don't have to be out and about, just stay put. Keep it locked here on 103.7 The Game Will and 104.1 in Lake Charles. And we will keep you entertained to the very, very best of our ability. It's Tuesday. It's that time. Let's do it. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Bob, good afternoon, man. How you doing on a Tuesday? Good afternoon, Jordy. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, listeners, I echo Jordy's sentiments. Please stay safe out there. Uh, Jordy, my friend, I hope you and your family are safe as oh, well. We're good. We're good. Uh, when they tell me to stay in, I, I'm a good, I'm a, I'm coachable. I am coachable. <laughs> Easy. And there's no question about that. Okay. Um, they love Deshaun Watson. They like Jameis Winston. They got Jameis Winston. Your thoughts on the quarterback uh, carousel for the Saints? Uh, boy, I tell you, as the Deshaun Watson fiasco, uh, drug on and on i began to worry that the new orleans saints would end up with no quarterback at all uh yeah listen and you know, I, I i've told you several times i've told many other people i love deshaun watson as a player on the field right uh, but i think the new orleans saints got themselves a heck of a quarterback as a consolation prize in Jameis winston uh he knows the offense uh i think he was coming along very very nicely last year had a firm grip on the attack uh, on a shorthanded offense mind you uh, even at that time before he went down. So I'm very excited about the the Winston signing. Uh, yeah, Watson, you know, again, you cannot deny that kid's talent on the field, uh, but came with a whole lot of drama. Uh, yeah, Winston as a consolation prize, and you get to keep your $30 million in cap space and your three first-round draft choices, uh, I'll take it. I think the Saints came out smelling pretty nice. Uh, two year, 28 million of which 21 is guaranteed. Um, why two years do you think? Uh, I think it gives, it gives Jameis a little bit of, uh, flexibility. Uh, you know, if, or uh, excuse me, I think it gives the saints a little saints. bit of flexibility right. uh, if Jameis plays poorly, but at the same time, Jameis doesn't go into the 2022 season knowing that he's wanted done again. Uh, and having to go through this whole thing again. He knows that if he plays well, you know, the, the Saints are traditionally an organization that's going to pay their players, reward their players, uh, you know, with a longer-term deal. So okay. I think a two-year uh, contract in this case is a win-win for I both do. sides. I, uh, I and the, the Saints aren't going to get hit that hard in the salary cap either this year or next year if they decide to move on from Jameis on to somebody else. I got you, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Um, I kept hearing flirtations from the Indianapolis Colts, but really quickly when uh, Atlanta missed out on Deshaun Watson, they trade Matt Ryan to the Colts. Um, so I, I wonder how much of a how much of a market there was for Jameis. I looking at the way the Matt Ryan deal went down and how fast it happened, like you said. Uh, I don't know that that was as much of a market for Jameis as what I'm we thought that it was. Uh, you know, uh, word leaked from Winston's representatives that the Saints and Colts had both showed heavy interest uh, you know, before Watson got freed of his uh, his legal situation. Uh, but again, you have to wonder, uh, you know, since the Colts and Falcons made a deal so quickly, you have to wonder how much interest Indianapolis really had. Uh, but man, that Matt Ryan trade, I think, shocked a lot of us. I, I didn't see that one coming at all, particularly when you get Marcus Mariota to fill the spot. What? Um, obviously, Matt Ryan can't run around at all. Mariota gives you some running, but still, I, I guess that's a head scratcher to me. Yeah, it was, especially the way it went down and how quickly it went down. But I think it really shows, and you and I had already speculated uh, about this for over a year, uh, it really showed that Atlanta was more than ready to move on from an aging Matt Ryan. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, and I think that, yeah, the Falcons are going to go into 2022 with Mariota as a starter, but I think it's nothing more than a bridge starter. Uh, I would put Atlanta right at the top of the list of teams that will likely be drafting a first-round quarterback. What's Carolina going to do? I don't think Carolina knows what Carolina is going to do. Uh, you know, before you and I came on uh, for the segment, word leaked out of Carolina that they have no interest in Baker Mayfield. Uh, okay. But then again, we heard that Deshaun Watson had no interest in Cleveland either. True. Um, True. You know, so yeah, it, it's hard to tell how this will pan out. Uh, you know, they, and that's the problem with the Panthers. There's a lot of talent in that building and on that field. Uh, but there, for many years now, there have been no continuity within that organization. Uh, and you know, that's, uh, that's very, very obvious at the quarterback position. I don't think Sam Darnold is your answer. Uh, I would definitely put Carolina near the top of that list of, of teams that will be looking for a potential first-round quarterback as well. Seattle needs a quarterback. What the heck are they going to do? You can't tell me Drew Locke is, gonna, is the answer there. Can it? No. I, no, probably not. Uh, no more so than what Marcus Mariota is an answer for in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, you know, and Seattle has a lot of flexibility because of all the picks they received in the Russell Wilson deal. So uh, I, I put Seattle on that list, too, at the top of that list of first-round quarterbacks. Um, remember, and nobody's been talking about this, Jimmy Garoppolo is still floating around yeah. out there. Yeah. Now, I highly doubt Garoppolo lands in Seattle because it's a division rival, uh, but a team like Carolina, maybe even a dark horse like Atlanta, uh, you know, could be in play for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I don't think this quarterback, quarterback carousel is quite finished yet. Um. Uh, Baker Mayfield's got to play for somebody, right? But uh, is he is he a backup? Is he? I mean, they're going to end up having to just release him, yeah. and then somebody's going to pick him up on the really, 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 really cheap. I mean, it's amazing how just you know two seasons ago he took that team to the playoffs. This season he's hurt. They get and he's he's like nowhere. Nobody wants him. It's yeah. I know. I, that that surprises me because you know Mariota found a place to land, Mitchell Trubisky found a place to land, Drew Locke found a place to land. I'm not a big fan of Baker Mayfield as a player, but I'm pretty sure I'd take Baker over you know any of the three quarterbacks that I had previously previously mentioned. And yeah, unless Baker ends up in a place like Seattle, it very likely. Uh, you know, I agree with you. I think Cleveland's going to ultimately release him, so somebody's going to get him for pennies on the dollar as a backup. Uh, you know, a, a team maybe like the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, they brought in Jameis Winston in a very similar situation uh, you know, as far as established starter going to be a backup. Uh, if the Saints have any confidence in their offensive coach's ability to develop a quarterback, mm -hmm. um, then I think if you're New Orleans and Baker Mayfield is out there, I do think that you bring him in. Uh, you know, to back up Jameis Winston. And you do make that very clear going in. Right, uh, right. You know, you know, the Saints for the last three years, they have needed the backup to play a significant amount of snaps. Yeah. So, and, uh, and again, the New Orleans Saints quarterback carousel isn't over for that reason. Excuse uh, me. You know, Jameis Winston, and we, you know, for all intents and purposes, his knee is perfectly healthy. He looks like he's a fool ready to go. But do you really want to go into the year with Ian mm -hmm. Book as your backup? Probably not. So yeah, Baker Mayfield, a Garter Minshew in a trade, uh, you know, somebody like that is still perfectly in play for the Saints. 
while we talk to Bob Rose of the St. Sue's Network, it makes perfect, perfect sense. What's the latest on Teron Armstead? I heard Miami was uh, kind of interested, or but still no news, no signing on any dotted lines yet. No, no signing. Uh, yeah, as far as I know and from what I've heard, uh, Teron is still in Miami. I don't know whether that means he's meeting with Miami officials, uh, but I agree with you. I think the longer this goes without a, de- uh, without a deal with the Dolphins, I think that bodes well for not only New Orleans, but any other team that might be interested in Teron. Uh, and I remember, you know, you and I thought that Teron Armstead would be snatched off of the market real quick going yeah. into free agency. Yeah. Uh, so I am surprised at that. Uh, but it bodes well because Teron has shown interest in returning to New Orleans publicly and privately. Okay. Uh, you know, so it would be very interesting. If Miami doesn't sign him and you'd think that Miami would be willing to shell out the big bucks, uh, what would be Teron Armstead's contract expectations in coming and staying home with the New Orleans Saints? There's pros and cons to everything, right? Um, those that that were in favor of Deshaun Watson coming at what cost, right? Uh, been a lot of costs, a lot of picks. Saints didn't have to do any of that stuff, so they've got a pretty good war chest. Boy, it'd been nice to have known that when it, when everything started, you know, opened up in the very beginning. You wouldn't have lost some of these players, right? Yeah, not only wouldn't have lost them, uh, and I think the Marcus uh, you know, Marcus May trade off for Marcus Williams. I'm not going to go as far as say that's a push, uh, but Marcus May is one heck of a talent. I think he's going to do well in New Orleans. Uh, but I would have preferred to see the Saints be active earlier on the free agent market, especially at the tight end position, a, a spot that I outlined as a huge need going into the mm-hmm. offseason. Uh, now all that top-tier talent is gone. Uh, you know, so I do think the Saints are going to bring in more free agent players in the next week or so. Uh, but there's yeah, slim pickings at tight end now. Juju Schuster-Smith was out there. Lost him. Now, wide receiver. Um, is there anything of value? Any? I mean, the, the word out is if you don't get signed up in the first week of this stuff, um, then you, you're really not worth anything. Is that is that true? Or is there some steals out there that, of talented players that are still available? I, no, it's absolutely not true. Uh, and, you know, we've seen the Saints themselves cash in and uh, on players in the second week of free agency. Malcolm Brown, Demario Davis, uh, you know, players like that. Uh, okay. To know Passenger was recently as last year. There are uh, you know, the, the first wave, the first five, seven days of free agency. That's when money has been thrown, uh, being thrown around at a ridiculous proportion. And uh, I do like the Saints strategy of kind of avoiding that. If they're going to throw money around, they're going to throw it at their players in-house to keep them. Uh, and the strategy has has paid off handsomely for them uh, you know, since 2016. Uh, and as far as I mentioned the tight end position, I think the Saints dropped the ball on that one. I think they could have gotten a top-tier tight end uh, without necessarily having to overpay for one. But outside of that, uh, yeah, there are still some very good players available. Uh, you know, a wide receiver, Marquez Bowdy-Scantling, Jarvis Landry, Mohamed Sanu, just to name a few. Uh, running back, which I think is an underrated need with Kamara's potential legal problems. Yeah. You have three top-end starters, potential top-end starters available, Marlon Mack, Ronald Jones, and Melvin Gordon. All three players have also shown a willingness to share carries in the backfield, something that you know, that should resonate very strongly with the Saints in their front office. Uh, you have some talented offensive linemen, more so tackles than guards, uh, you know, Billy Turner, Eric Flowers, Eric Fisher come to mind. 
Uh, a couple of defensive tackles still available. Uh, guys that are aging but could still perform very well in a rotational system. Uh, you know, linebacker. I've got my eyes on Quan Alexander. I'm very interested to see what happens with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but if the Saints don't get Quan back in the building, there are still some nice veteran pieces. Uh, yeah, that could either play coverage well or uh, at pre- uh, play solid run support for you. Uh, safety, if you don't get PJ Williams, uh, you know, resign. Uh, also, an underrated need because of his versatility. A guy like Jaquiski Tart from San Francisco, Deshaun Gibson from the Bears. Those are names to keep an eye on. Um, you know, cornerback, I don't see the cornerback and defensive end are the two positions, along with kicker, uh, that I don't see the Saints having a lot of activity. Okay. Uh, but if they want to bolster their cornerback position, there's some uh, there's some interesting names still out there as well. All right, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. We'll take a break here. We'll go over their draft choices and what Bob Rose would do if he were the GM with those draft picks. And I've got the solution for the Saints in the tight end position. I got a very simple solution to the dilemma. I'll tell you that when we return to the Black and Gold Report here on the Jordy Helper Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Stick around. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we are back. The Black and Gold Report. Bob Rose of the Saints News Network joining us. Uh, Bob, I've got the solution to the Saints tight end. I know you're going to laugh at me. I know people are going to laugh at me, but I think I have the solution. You ready? I'm all ears. Taysom Hill's the perfect tight end. A big body, great athleticism, runs pass routes. He's like a Travis Kelsey. He could be taught. He could catch. You get him on the playing field. You incentivize him. X amount of catches. You get a little bonus here and there. You make more out of your investment because John Payton paid him a lot of money to just sit there and hold a clipboard and come in every every now and then. He's a great athlete. Put your best athletes on the field and let them play. I say Taysom Hill tight end. I I, I like your thought. Uh, and I agree with your philosophy of you, ta- you, you keep your best athletes on the field. Uh, yeah, and Taysom Hill has proven to be a student of the game. Uh, you know, I think, you know, you, you don't have to look back far just, uh, just as recently as 2019, uh, you know, to see how much progress he made as a receiver, uh, you know, when uh, Sean started to use him in that capacity. Taysom would have a lot to learn as far as blocking uh, you know, but again, I, I have confidence that he'd pick it up. Uh, I think if you make that move, though, you take away Taysom Hill out of the backfield, and that's what defenses respect the most. Uh, you know, so I, I'm not necessarily against moving him to tight end, okay. but I'd like to see them keep some of those wildcat packages, some of those backfield packages they have for him. 
I don't want to see him bulk up too much because he thinks he has to be an extra offensive tackle uh, because that will dumb down his speed a little bit. And uh, yeah, again, that's, okay. that's his best attribute is his athleticism. But yeah, uh, man, I, I'm all for it. I don't, I don't want to see him on the sidelines holding a clipboard or competing for the quarterback position. I want to see that athleticism put to use in the Saints offense. All right. Okay. All right. Saints have seven selections now. They picked up a couple of compensatory picks in the third round. They've got seven selections in the draft. It's going to be April 28th through the 30th in Las Vegas. They kept their 18th pick in the first rounds because they didn't have to trade it off for the Deshaun Watson deal. Do the Saints go quarterback? Do the Saints go skill people to help Jameis Winston out? What do you think and what would you do? I'll answer the second part first. What I would do is what I'd said all offseason. Hey, I think since midseason last year, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Okay. Uh, that's what I would do. You have your quarterback question answered, you know, Jameis Winston. Now, I suspect just because of the way the offseason has played out, uh, I, I suspect that the Saints don't feel like Jameis Winston is the long-term answer. So if that's correct, then depending on the way the board plays out, uh, if the Saints fall in love with a quarterback, be it Malik Willis, if he falls to 18, I think he's a top 10 pick at this point. Uh, if it's Sam, if it's uh, Matt Corral from Mississippi, if it's Kenny Pickett, uh, you're the overrated kid from Pitt. And yeah, I said that. Uh, if, if the Saints fall in love with any of those guys and he he's reasonably close to 18 where they can make a small move up to get him where he falls directly to 18, then yeah, I think the Saints could pull the trigger on that. Uh, I also believe that offensive tackle is very much in play uh, if Teron Armstead doesn't re-sign. I think the Saints offensive line is not nearly as bad as what people think it is without Armstead. But nonetheless, if a player like Charles Cross from Mississippi State, Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, one of those two guys are available. The Saints may, uh, may want to continue to beef up that offensive line. But if it's me, I go wide receiver. I think in a lobby a Garrett Wilson, a Jamison Williams, any of those three guys, they're the top three on my board. Uh, I, I think if any of those three guys are available, they'd just be such spectacular compliments to Michael Thompson, uh, Thomas. Uh, and Jameis Winston, he had, a, he had an arm tied behind his back even entering the 2021 season. I think you want to give your quarterback, no matter who it is, but in this case, obviously, it's Winston. You want to give your quarterback every opportunity to succeed. Uh, and that wide receiver spot just – I'm with you. It isn't built to win. I'm with you. Um, totally. Totally with you. Uh, if the Saints had the opportunity with seven picks, would they get seven different position players? Because they need they need an offensive lineman, right? You need uh, a tight end. You need in conjunction with a wide receiver. I'm still of the belief if you can go get somebody that can pressure the quarterback, let's go get them. You can't get enough of those guys. I you, yeah you're right and uh, and our mutual friend Mike Detelier always says if you can't get the guy to throw the ball then the next best uh, option is to get the guy to to put the guy who throws the uh, the football on the ground yeah uh, and we've seen the Saints beef up their edge uh, I think if the Saints go pass rusher they focus on more on the interior side of the pass rush okay either of those Georgia defensive ends they're absolute monsters. Uh, you know, maybe DeMarvin Leal, the, the defensive tackle from Texas A&M, uh, you know, falls to the right place in round two or early in round three. Uh, 
the Saints got very little disruption from their defensive tackle spot. Even Onyemata had a down year by his standard. I think they're comfortable with the edge, unless a spectacular player falls to them. Again, I'm, I don't discount that. Uh, but if the Saints are, uh, as far as uh, listing positions of need on their draft board, I would suspect that they would have interior pass rusher listed above an edge rusher. So if the Saints decide they want to get a quarterback at number 18, all right, let, let's say it's Sam Howell from North Carolina. Who knows? They, you know, they do their research. They like who they like. And let's say they get a quarterback. Is there a is the receiving core deep enough to pick up a good one uh, in round two, the 49th overall pick? Yeah, Jordy, I think it is. Um, I have as many as 16 players uh, you know, that I have watched film on uh, that I, I, I think would do really, really well in the NFL and especially okay. with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, but in my opinion, if you if you pass on the receiver spot at 18, uh, then you cannot sit and let the board come to you at 49. Uh, at that stage, you identify, okay. you know, say it is wide receiver. Uh, at that stage, you identify two or three players that you really like. Uh, and as they start to check off of the board, you start making some phone calls to move up and get somebody. We saw that happen with Paulson Adebo last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Saints, and uh, many of to many of our chagrin, and myself included, uh, they felt the cornerback room was deep enough. Uh, that they could sit and let the board come to them. Uh, and as those prospects started going real fast, they knew they liked Debo from the start and they moved up to get him in the third round. You might see that kind of situation develop at the wide receiver position if they don't draft one at number 18. Bob Rose, St. Sue's Network, man. Um, lots, of, lots of money left on the table. The, our, are the Saints done with free agency? They can't be, right? They've got to, they've got to have their sights on somebody or somebodies with that amount of money out there to to spend, right? Uh yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. Uh, I believe that we'll see at least a couple of player uh, player movement from them. Uh, you know, sometime this week or maybe early next week. Uh, it'll be, it'll be with team friendly contracts. Uh, you know, depth pieces. Uh, you know, not necessarily potential starters, but again, this is a playoff caliber roster. Uh, you know, so other than wide receiver, and you might see a veteran wide out come in too. Uh, you know, other than wide receiver and tight end, this team is ready to win now. Uh, so the Saints are in a luxury, a position of luxury, in that they don't need a starter out of free agency, uh, but they do want to bolster that uh, bolster that depth. Uh, it, it might be an interior lineman. Again, I don't see it being an edge spot. Uh, maybe it is a veteran wideout, uh, you know, two tight ends to keep an eye on uh, out of the few bodies that's left. Uh, you know, notorious Saint killer Kyle Rudolph, I think, still has a little bit of football left okay. in him. Uh, Anthony Ferkser uh, would be a nice pass catching tight end to develop. Uh, he played for Tennessee the last couple of years. Uh, I think he would go in the mix uh, and, and add some real competition to the tight end spot. Maybe not a top end, pretty, a pretty looking starter. Uh, but at least somebody to make those other guys in the tight end uh, room sit up and say, you know, man, we better develop real quick. Otherwise, this guy's going to take our snaps. Boy, I was dead wrong on Troutman for the Saints. He just uh, dead wrong. I, I thought he was going to be a really good play in the Saints draft. I trust. And boy, they, I think they whiffed on that one. Yeah, uh, especially when you consider that they gave up four draft picks to get him. Uh, granted, they were four day three picks. But you look even through the draft history of Sean Payton, 
he's hit big on an awful lot of those day three picks. So, yeah, they saw something in Troutman. You and I saw something in Troutman. Uh, and, yeah, maybe he will develop into at least a serviceable pro, but I think that that is the absolute ceiling for him at that point. Which makes for an interesting discussion, I think. Sean Payton had so much say in how who how the Saints drafted, who they drafted. I wonder what's going to happen now with this new regime. How much is Mickey Loomis and Jeff Ireland going to be dictating or how much say does Dennis Allen have in this process now? And I, I know we don't know because we're not there, but I'm just curious as how that's going to all work. Oh, I'm, I, I am on the edge of my seat curious because I have no idea how this is going to pan out. Uh, I do believe that Loomis and Ireland are going to have a lot more say so. Uh, mm-hmm. And what the final pick is going to be. They've always been part of the brain trust, but you're right. Sean Payton was the czar of that draft room. Uh, it, it, will Dennis Allen earn that kind of influence? I think only time will tell. Uh, but this first draft with those three men together, Allen, Loomis, and Ireland, uh, I can't wait to see how it goes. And I think it's going to be one of the more interesting Saints drafts we've seen in many, many years. So where Al Michaels has left NBC, he's going to do the Thursday night on Amazon. You got Buck and uh, Aikman leaving uh, Fox to go to Monday Night Football. Uh, all kinds of changes in the booths, man. It's uh, it's like it's like the quarterbacks. It's like free agency heaven. Uh, yeah, it really is. And those guys don't take nearly the uh, the physical beating that no. the quarterbacks do on no. the field. Uh, yeah, I, I say if I'm NBC, uh, and I say NBC because they already have Breeze uh, under contract. I say you should throw the boatload of money at Sean Payton and get those two men together in the booth because that, that's what wow. I want to see. I would tune in for every Sunday night football game then. Wow. Uh, I know Mike Tirico will slide into Al Michaels' slot. Uh, Chris Collinsworth is still uh, under contract there. We'll see. Um, it's uh, The more things change, it's just it's crazy. Who, who's been the big winner in free agency in your book? Is there a clear-cut winner? Is it is it Denver getting Russell Wilson? Is it uh, Tampa Bay getting Tom Brady back? Uh, is it is it Cleveland with Deshaun Watson? Who who's the big winner in your book? Um, I think it's Denver or Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, because Tampa Bay not only gets you know keeps their quarterback, uh, but keeps all the pieces around him intact, and I think that that's key. Uh, I think Denver has to be considered a winner because, yes, they got Russell Wilson, uh, but they filled some of those defensive holes, too. Uh, they brought in a couple of offensive linemen uh, to protect Wilson, something that you know a lot of us were scratching our head about uh, you know, when that first went down. So, yeah, I think Tampa Bay and Denver are my two winners in free agency so far. Uh, yeah, I don't put a lot of stock into what the Jaguars or Jets are doing. Uh, you know, throwing a lot of money at mediocre talent, at least mediocre up to this point in their careers. Uh, <laughs> we've rarely seen that pan out onto the field. Uh, we'll see if that changes this year. Uh, but, I, you, know, I, you know, the Jets and the Jaguars are the Jets and the Jaguars for a reason. Is uh, Von Miller the new LeBron James, you know, chasing championships or Kevin Durant chasing championships? He he leaves Denver, goes to the Rams, gets a Super Bowl. Now he's going to Buffalo, who I'm I'm really I'm kind of in their corner. I love their quarterback. I love what they do. I love their coach. Buffalo, man, I'm high on them. Is he he's chasing rings? Yeah, he is. And I don't blame him. Uh, no. I'd rather see a, a player chase a ring than a contract. Uh, you know, 
I, I'm of old school mentality, as you know very, very well. Uh, I'd rather see a player show loyalty to the team that drafted and developed him. Uh, but Vaughn did that with Denver, so I don't begrudge uh, any decision that he makes as a professional from here on out. Uh, and yeah, you know, Buffalo is doing what they can to keep up with that, you know, that wild arms race in the AFC. Uh, yeah, they have Buffalo. The Buffalo has their quarterback, as you mentioned. Uh, they signed a couple receivers this week. You know, Von Miller to fortify that defense. Uh, you know, they, they are paying, obviously the Bills are paying very, very close attention to what goes around them in the conference. Uh, yeah, and, you know, if, if Von Miller has some football, out. he might not be an every down guy, but as he showed with the Rams, uh, you know, when the game is on the line, uh, if you can keep Von fresh during the game, he's going to make the big play down the stretch. Urban Meyer didn't even know who number 99 was for the Rams. What a goofball. Get him out. Out. I don't want to ever hear his name again. Jeez. Hey, no. Uh, I, uh, the, the man became a, a cartoon villain uh, you know, with his short time in the NFL, uh, you know, which is a shame because he had so much success in college. Uh, <laughs> but even then, success was painted, as you and I have talked about <laughs> on your show. Um, and, you know, no, I think you know, with the stories that have come out with Ooh. Urban Meyer's stint in the NFL, wow. we may never see him on a sideline in any can capacity you, again. Can you imagine if he did that in the NFL? Can you imagine what he did with all that power in college? I don't even want to hear it. I, I, no. I'm going to leave it at that. Bob Rose, Saints News Network, you're the best. The Black and Gold Report, is it's awesome. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, my friend. You have a great week. We'll talk soon. You got it. Let's roll. <laughs> Tune in next week to the Jordy Holtberg Show for the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we'll be back to wrap things up after this final timeout. The Jordy Holtberg Show on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Brought to you by Eon of Lafayette. Eon is body, that's smarter body contouring. The first robotic touchless laser body contouring device for non-invasive permanent fat loss. You exercise, you exercise, you exercise. You still can't lose those troublesome spots. Eon, safe, affordable, no pain, no downtime. You are good to go. Look up Eon, E-O-N of Lafayette and schedule an appointment. You'll get a consultation and you'll see how it all works. Back to wrap it up next. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, ready to wrap things up. Special thanks, Adam Spencer, John Wright, all the talk about uh, Coach Matt McMahon, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. If today, March 22nd, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours with J.J. Watt. He's 33 years old. Um, uh, Captain Kirk, William Shatner is a spry 90. James Patterson, how many books have I read of his? I love it. 75 years old. And Bob Costas turns 70 years young today. Uh, no baseball today, but we'll have baseball tomorrow. And uh, we'll go deeper into the NCAA tournament. 
and uh, whatever else comes down the pipeline. So, James, thank you so much. Thanks to all of you for listening in. Thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day. Come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4. Same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Heltberg. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you possibly can to stay healthy, my friends. And by all means, let's just be happy. Life is short. Let's enjoy it. Until tomorrow. So long, everybody. 